0: Episode number 127. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Unstuck Method, Shira Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So I just wanted to start out by sharing with you that a lot is happening right now in my life, a lot of good things. I'm writing my second book alongside an awesome group of individuals who are learning this new tool that I created ahead of me sharing it with you and the rest of the world. And this process of writing my book and working through it with other people as they're learning the new tool, it's just been amazing. The tool is so powerful, I am loving it. I'm using it in my life and I'm seeing huge changes in my relationships already and I really can't wait to share it with you. And what's also happening alongside this of course is my group program which is called The Journey. And a lot is going on inside there as well and I've had actually some tremendous personal insights just in the last week and I'm feeling all of the sudden realigned because of that group and it's just amazing and I feel grateful and I feel honored and I feel privileged to be a part of that group and to be leading that group. It's just all amazing and there's more stuff but I'm just gonna stop right there for now. It's like the more I get unstuck in my life, the more magic happens. The more flow there is, the more ease there is, and it's really an awesome way to live. And so while getting unstuck isn't always easy, and yes, it does require effort, it is so freaking worth it. Okay, so enough of that. Before I share with you this week's story, I wanted to share with you a response to episode number 125 on Considering Taking Responsibility, that I received from Rachel from Beit Shemesh, Israel. She wrote, Shira, as usual, this week's story touched me in several deep and meaningful ways. First, I learned so much about friendship through your interaction with Esther, who seems like a very wise soul. What better way is there to help a friend who is processing something difficult than to offer a consideration? What was interesting was that she offered you a consideration that wasn't necessarily something you wanted to hear, and yet this consideration was a breakthrough for you. The second thing I wanted to say is that my mother passed away when she was 54 and I was 24. There were many times that we misunderstood each other, and your story this week could have helped me get unstuck and take responsibility for my part in the misunderstanding, But I think that the most important lesson for me is in regards to my relationship with my own adult children, giving them the benefit of the doubt when I feel that I have been misunderstood. Thank you for all of those lessons. So thank you, Rachel. I am thrilled that you received so much from that episode and hopefully you weren't the only one. I did receive a lot of feedback on that episode and I'm really grateful again to my mom for giving me permission share our story. Okay, so let's move on to today's story. So a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine was visiting Israel, and we arranged to meet for lunch in Tel Aviv. So for those of you who don't know, I live in northern Israel in the middle of nowhere on a tiny kibbutz, which if you don't know what a kibbutz is, it's like an intentional community. And my friend wasn't planning to travel north, so I agreed to meet up with him there in Tel Aviv. In fact, this friend was the organizer of the retreat that I attended this past summer, and I spoke about in a few of the recent past podcast episodes. And this meetup wasn't just for the two of us, it was actually for about five of us from the retreat, because there was some business conference going on in Israel, And these people came to Israel for the conference. And so we decided to all meet up together because it was an opportunity for us to do so. Anyway, so I'm not a big fan of driving. And certainly I'm not a big fan of driving in big cities, which Tel Aviv is. Tel Aviv is like a mini New York. And I wouldn't drive in New York either if I had my choice. So lucky for me, public transportation in Israel is amazing. And there's a train that will get me to Tel Aviv in about an hour. It's really perfect because I can use that time that I would otherwise use you know, for driving on anything, like listening to a podcast or writing or reading or even taking a nap. So up until about two years ago, the nearest train station to us was about 40 minutes away in a town called Binyamina. And that's the station that I would always use. But a couple of years ago, there were extensions made on the national railway system, one of which was close to us in the north. And so now, the closest station to us is about 15 minutes away, which is incredible. The only problem is, because it's an extension of a main route, the trains don't come as frequently. But that's okay, because as long as you have the schedule, which I do, I have it on my phone, they actually have a train app you know when the train is going to arrive and you can plan accordingly. And I have to say the train system in Israel is very efficient and very dependable and that's one of the reasons I enjoy using it. So the night before our meetup, I check out the train schedule and I see that I would need to get on the 10.03 a.m. train. And like I said, the station is about 15 minutes, maybe it's 20 minutes away from my house. And so I planned to leave my house at 9.20, which is plenty enough time to get there and to park. There's never an issue with parking there because this particular station is like a satellite station and plenty enough time to get my ticket and to get on the train on time. But also what happened the day before is that I rode a tune. And for those of you who may be new listeners to this podcast, you may not know that I have a hobby of composing music. I play piano and I'm working on my guitar playing and I love taking prayers that we say or sing in the synagogue and creating music, new tunes, new music for them so that the words become more alive for me. I'm passionate about doing this and I have an entire collection of my creations, some of which we use in our own synagogue here And some, actually, I I understand, have taken flight. And from what I understand, they're now being used across the world, which is amazing. And now that I'm thinking about it, I would imagine that there are some people that are singing my tunes and they may be wondering, where did this come from? But that's okay. I don't, you know, put my name on it. I just create them and I send them off. And I am just really grateful and honored and privileged that I can do that. So the day before this whole traveling thing, I decided to write a tune for some words that are inside of Psalm number 27. This is the psalm that we read every day in the month that precedes the month of Rosh Hashanah. And that's where we are right now in our calendar. And so we've been saying this psalm in our synagogue, and I just felt a desire to create a tune for it. And so I did, and then I went over to my friend Shani's house, and we recorded it because I didn't want to forget it. Because oftentimes I'll create music, and then I'll forget what I created, and I just fell in love with it. And so the words—I'll read them first to you in Hebrew, and then in English. The words are: "Achad sh'alti me'et Adonai, ota avekesh; Shifti bevet Adonai, kol l'chazot benoam Adonai, and then in English, it's one thing I ask of God is to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life, to see the goodness of God and to visit God's sanctuary. And so what happened was, the tune was in my head, like that day before, and then the next day, because that's what always happens to me, right? I write a tune, and it gets stuck in my head, no pun intended. And so I found myself driving to the train station with this song in my head. And here, let me play it for you. that's the tune. It's kind of catchy, right? And maybe you can see why I kept singing it over and over and over again. And the next thing I knew, I was almost on Route 6, which is, first of all, (laughs) it was like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes past where I was supposed to get off. But Route 6 is like, if you live in New Jersey, it's like the New Jersey Turnpike. Or like, you know, Route 95 that goes up and down the East Coast of the United States or whatever your state or your country's main highway is. That's what I was almost on. And I totally missed. I mean, I I didn't only miss getting off. I missed seeing the sign. I didn't even see it. It was crazy. And I was like, shoot, 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 shoot. (laughs) Oh, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, for, I, can you imagine? Can you? Can, I, <laughs> oh, man. I was so upset. I was so mad at myself. I was like, how did you do this? I, I almost had tears in my eyes. I had planned the night before. I knew where I was going. I, I had like, how did this happen? I had the best of intentions. I was prepared. I was really upset. But instead of ganging up on myself and like being frozen, because I was like frozen, like I didn't know what to do. I I, I just didn't know what to do because going backwards, I had a feeling I would miss the train if if I tried to go back to the station that I was, (laughs) that I just missed. So I quickly took myself through the unstuck method. S, I took a stop. Quick breath. T. I was like stuck on frustration, stuck on disappointment, stuck on anger. But the most important thing in that moment was I was stuck on uncertainty. I didn't know what to do. Really, I was like frozen. And being in a car like frozen and not knowing what to do is not a good place to be. You, what did I uncover? Honestly, my first thought was, I believe someone must have moved the sign. (laughs) Because how did I miss it? And then another thought that came to my mind was, I believe the sign should be bigger, which I actually believe is true. Like, it shouldn't be so small that you miss it. (laughs) And I also believed that I need plan B, and that was true too. So I considered, keep driving, go to Binyamina. The trains there run every 10 minutes. So yes, it's another half hour or so to get there, but so what? You're going to be closer to Tel Aviv, and like I said, they run frequently. And that's what I considered doing. But as I started driving in that direction, I also considered something else. I considered sitting in God's house, doing exactly what I just was singing to myself. So, you know, literally sitting in God's house, means maybe sitting in a house of worship, I guess. But, you know, I said to myself, it doesn't need to mean that at all. And it probably wasn't written to be understood that way. Sitting in God's house can mean living in a way where you are mindful of God's hand in everything you do and in everything that happens to you, no matter if you understand it or not. And as I was driving, I just considered that. Yes, I missed my exit. But, well, first of all, that's in the past, and I can't change that. But also, you know, I was like, that was apparently a part of the plan, because that's what happened. Right? You know, I've mentioned in the beginning how I've been having some amazing insights inside the journey group program that I lead, And the truth of the matter is, just last week, I was feeling kind of stuck on uncertainty. Unsure, not about the value of the program, because I know the program is very valuable, but unsure as to the exact structure that I was trying to create. You know, like how often we meet, and the length of our meetings, and what the focus of each meeting is, and if there is a focus each time. And when should we meet? Because we're an international group. And how often should I coach? Like I had a lot of overthinking going on. And I was honest. And I shared that with the members of the group. And because I am graced with the most amazing members of a group community possible, honestly, these people are amazing. Many of them sent me personal emails sharing their feedback with me. And I'm not going to share that with you here. Maybe one day I'll dedicate an entire episode to the journey, but not now. But what I wanted to share was part of one email in particular. And she wrote it, ironically or not, in the form of a music metaphor. She wrote, There's still a lot waiting to be composed. Take it one verse at a time. In the meantime, dance to what has already been created and wait for the rest of the melody to come. God will teach you your next dance steps. Isn't that beautiful? And I think that is one of the powers of being in a group or being coached, is that sometimes others can help you see things that you can't see yourself. I mean, I know I do that all of the time when I coach, but it's just so powerful to receive that in return And I am so grateful for that. And so the end of the story goes like this. I got to Binyamina, safe and sound. It happened to have been election day. And on election day, everyone in the country is traveling for free to go on hikes and day trips. And so I got packed like a sardine into one of those train cars. And it did come five minutes after I arrived. And I arrived to Tel Aviv, ironically, 30 minutes Before I was supposed to arrive, had I taken that original train? I just had to laugh when I noticed that. And as I was standing on the train, because there were no seats, I held myself in self-kindness for having had gotten stuck on uncertainty in the first place because there was nothing to be uncertain about. I was sitting in God's house the whole time. So where in your life can you consider sitting in God's house? In other words, where may you be going through a difficult time or some adjustment period or maybe a transition period and you feel alone or confused or uncertain? Where can you consider that actually, whether you realize it or not, you are sitting in God's house? This entire time you were. Life is actually unfolding exactly as it was meant to up until this point. And if you consider that, notice how that makes you feel. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that if you do consider it. Feel free to comment on the website or offer her a review on iTunes. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Okay, my dear friends, that is all for today. Don't forget we are in the middle of an October flash sale where my book and the consideration cards are on sale for only $10 this month. The winter holidays are around the corner, so get your gifts now before the holiday rush begins. Thank you so much for joining me this week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops and retreats, check out our website www.shiragura.com.